0: Hello and welcome to the Animated Experience Network. We are here for our first episode of Kipo and the Age of Wonderbeast. And this is an amazing show with a lot of great characters, a lot of great story, great music and everything. And if you heard our preview of it, you kind of, you know, know some of those characters a little bit coming in. If you have it, um, I would recommend going back and checking out that preview. Um, it'd probably be a good one to listen to before this episode, but you can just jump in here too if you want. So on um, the preview, will give you kind of a little bit of overview before you jump into the show. But if not, then um, you know, welcome aboard. We're happy to have you here and here to talk Keepa with me today. I have my amazing co-host Elizabeth. How are you, Elizabeth?
1: I'm doing great, there I'm just, I'm, um, you You're know, doing the dubstep
0: bees. <laughs> the dubstep bees. I'm
1: like, I just keep hearing that. <laughs> what I, was, I just, Loved it. Yes, I'm doing very well. How
0: are you? How are no, you? I'm good. I'm good. And honestly, um, you know, after seeing the whole series of Kipo, um, I'm not sure how it was for you, but it was really refreshing for me to go back to episode one and like re revisit that story from episode one. Like it was really cool to see episode one again.
1: Absolutely. Um, I really didn't retain all of that information. Um, as the story goes on, there's so much that builds on top of it. Exactly. But really had forgotten a lot of it it was great to go through that and see it again and um i just know how much fun we're gonna have going through this because each scene is so hilarious or filled with stuff you know
0: it was great there's a lot of stuff i mean 24 minutes of it it's really packed jam packed with everything and i think especially season one you know we won't spoil anything for anyone that hasn't watched but i think especially season one they really set the tone for the entire series and they really set the tone for what the world is in season one
1: yeah Um, I agree. Uh, I think they set the tone from the beginning of the first episode. So I think they did a great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just from the very beginning, you know. Um, (laughs) I loved it.
0: (laughs) No, so did I. (laughs) But, of course, we do have some segments here on our podcast network. And segment one of our episodes is always going to be, what's the theme of the episode? So... For me, I kind of thought the theme was exploration and discovery because uh, for me, Kipo finds out about the surface world and she's exploring a connection with mutes that uh, she doesn't know that she has yet. And then also for me, Wolf is kind of discovering that she has beneath her rough exterior, she sells a lot of compassion to her because she thinks she's this, you know, uh, very tough person and that she doesn't care about anyone, but she realizes throughout this first episode even that she does care about people still, and like she still wants to help keep So for me, exploration and discovery is kind of what this episode's about.
1: Um, I agree. I love that summary. Um, my thinking was very similar. Um, I thought the, it was more about kind of like, you know, the, the flowers blooming her right. world opening up and um i kind of thought that theme very much the same but like uh the opening up of the world the blooming of the flower um uh not to be too you know flowery with my words but (laughs) 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 but you know like i I think that imagery was important and there was a you know she her world just exploded and opened up she went from you know what we're beginning to hear is that she lived in a burrow and something happened to wash her away and she suddenly is open to this big wide world when it was you know just a small little place so i agree i agree exactly yeah and
0: I, i think you know this first episode was kind of easier to figure out the theme where i was like I think there's going to be future episodes where it's kind of hard for us to pick up themes. I mean, you know, uh, we kind of got lucky with this first one. You know, it's a, it's the first episode. I mean, it, it, you know, the first episode of most shows is kind of like exploration and discovery, in my opinion. So, like, you know, it's kind of like that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, we, we kind of break with this theme at least, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, but I, I think it's kind of the theme of the whole show, you know. Um Very And true. because we're watching a journey versus a, like, monster of the week type show um we're good it is going to be hard sometimes because there's going to be a flowing theme i think at times um from one episode to another uh as things continue on and the journey goes um but i think that each time we'll be able to identify at least you know how they're maintaining with that theme as well all those things so
0: right i will just disagree slightly with um that kind of being a theme for the the series though because I do think that exploration of discovery, I think that theme kind of ends at the end of season one. Like, I think season two and season three is kind of just, you know, hit the ground running more so. And we're going to get into those like way later on, obviously. But I think for season one is more that exploration of discovery. And then season two, you kind of leave that behind a little bit more because you already kind of explored the world and now you're just enjoying the world in season two.
1: Yeah, I actually I don't disagree with that. Um that thinking about the entire series, I can definitely see how we kind of move on from, you know, the uh, there is definitely a part of it the whole way through that's about learning and um, I just love all that. But yeah, I I agree. I agree.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you agree then. And of course, you know, we already started getting to it a little bit. Um but segment 2 is our episode recap and rundown. So this is where we just kind of, you know, recap the episode. We kind of go beat by beat a little bit, just kind of talk about some of our thoughts on it, Um, talk about what happened in the episode. That way, um, you know, I recommend definitely watching the show, obviously, but uh I suppose if you really wanted to, you could just listen to the podcast and, you know, basically we're going to tell you what happens in each episode. So, like, if you want to skip an episode, you could just listen to the podcast and we'll kind of have you covered.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. And I'm, uh since these are my first time recapping shows in this way, I'm going to... Kind of learned and evolve in this process, um, with all of the podcasts as we go along. So, um, I, I tend to be so linear in my recaps. I try to do every single step and I loved your notes here, how you go on themes. So I'm going to be learning and processing here.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I tried to, you know, do the notes, uh, pretty well. I mean, you know, uh, maybe if listeners want a copy of the notes at some point, we can, uh, set that up for them, but. <laughs>
1: Yeah, your notes are far more cohesive and cogent than mine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So yours are just kind of like the chicken scratch version? And
1: <laughs> yeah, I just have like bullet points and you know, right. like, uh, you know, it says things like, um, rave bees. <laughs> I didn't even get them the right name, but, but anyway. <laughs> but no, that's
0: no, that makes sense. <laughs> But as you did say earlier, um, basically the entire series in episode one, it opens on a huge stream of water just crashing through a dam. And then basically after this uh, huge stream of water comes through, we see a girl with purple uh, slash pink hair. She is on the surface finally for the first time. And she looks at the sun and it's interesting because... This is one of our first indications that she's not used to this world is that she looks at the sun and she goes, oh, no, I'm going to go blind. And, like, that's one of our first indications that she's definitely not used to this world. She's not used to being on the surface. I, I think that's a really cool touch to open the show to kind of let the viewers know, oh, wow, this is something different. Like, she's not used to living on the surface.
1: Yeah, I loved that. Although I will say I wanted it to, uh you know, the amount of time that it takes for your eyes to actually... Acclimate from a dark underground would be far more time. I did love that they put that in there. I was like, wow, that's like, they actually put realism in it. And you know, even though the, um, the, the actually part of me, <laughs> you know, the actually person, um, uh, I thought that was great and I really loved it. And they, they paid attention to every,
0: no, they did. They really paid attention to every detail of the show. And I, I really appreciate that. Like, one of the points we're gonna to get to later actually tells us what year it is too, so we'll get that a little. Bit I
1: know, later. I got that. I've got that yeah. in my notes as well. <laughs> yeah, I um,
0: thought that's kind of cool, actually.
1: I like that when she realizes, her first thing to do is to run to where it's blocked, and they can't get back underground. She can't get back underground, and right. she just immediately calls for her dad. You know, yeah. I, I like that. That that makes sense. You know, not you know, she was just immediately crying out for her dad, even though she knew what she said. Is that later on she says she went. You know, who knows how long it was. She know there's no way he's actually going to hear it, but she called out.
0: She right, it was like this. her first instinct, exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And, like, she kind of tries to pep talk herself a little bit, like saying, okay, we, you can do this, Kipo. We can do this. And she kind of tries to pep talk herself a little bit, and she basically um, announces to the audience that, you know, humans lived on the surface for thousands of years, and that kind of is a clue that just lets us know, okay, this is a post-apocalyptic world. Humans no longer live on the surface. That basically mm-hmm. is a, it's a nice little flu that's baked in there, and that's one of the things I love about the show, is that like, just little subtle things like that, they really bake in a lot of information into little clues like that.
1: Well, you know, um, in my notes I've got here, you know, she goes outside, she gets stuck, she realizes um, uh, that she can't get back in, she... Um, you know, kind of deals with that, and then she starts moving on, and she's walking through. She's grasping everything. She looks at the flower. You know, she sees the dubstep beat, and it's, yep. bee, you know, and like Derek, that is um two minutes and ten seconds in. Is by the time we actually get her. Sitting down and getting the first drop of music, um, which is the essence of the sound of Kipo when she's just playing, you know, like right. when the the thing starts. We get so much information, and it was only two minutes and ten seconds in. I, I clocked. Exactly.
0: it. <laughs> I didn't clock it, but I'm glad you did because, like, and that yeah, that it's, tell you.
1: it's right here in my nose. I was like, two minutes and ten seconds in. She's already you know, we're already getting that music, and we've got everything. So I, I just thought that was great.
0: Yeah, I think the Dubstep Bees is our first introduction to a, another um animal or a mute in this world. It's kind of cool because, you know, it's something that's very unique and different. And I think that's another thing that, you know, shows the audience right away. Oh, wow, this is a really different world. Like, there's bees that are like, you know, basically humming music. Like, this is interesting. It's glowing. Yeah, and glowing too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: which um, then so basically then... she finds a guitar and uh she starts strumming a tune and you know we're going to get into that a little bit more in our music section section three but um basically she just starts strumming a tune and she kind of you know um is trying to calm herself down in my opinion and basically just you know talking about what she's seen so far and like trying to basically pep talk herself through music that you know she's going to make it through but then, of course, a giant bird burst in. It kind of scares her.
1: <laughs> well, and what's amazing, what I love what they did is, I mean, that's, I, I keep trying to think of the name of the bird. I meant to look it up. Um, but they're just tiny, tiny little birds. They and are, so yeah. in the actual size, they're like only slightly bigger than a hummingbird. And then here this, you know, giant, tiny bird comes in. I loved that. I i loved it. I loved the, the working with perception on that.
0: Definitely. That was great. <laughs> And it, like, really freaked her out, too, because, like, whoa, this bird's, like, way bigger than I am. Uh,
1: it would freak me out, too.
0: Me, me as well, yeah. I'd be like, yeah. um, okay, like, I should back up here.
1: I mean, I love butterflies, but when a 50-foot one comes towards me, I'm going to run screaming.
0: No, I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs>
1: um, I like that she, so in your next thing you say that, you know, she she tries to map out where she went through the sewer system, um and then she meets mandu for, or mandu for the first time
0: and then just starting yes, to jump in on your technically notes. we don't have a name for mandu yet but we know from watching the episode that it is mandu but technically mandu doesn't get named until a little bit later but basically at this point in the episode we just know it's a blue pig with six legs and four eyes so that's like even more like if you didn't already have it from the dubstep bees, if you didn't already have the clues from the giant bird, like, that's even more of a clue that, like, this world is way different.
1: Yeah. And I love Mandu. So, um, like, when he shows up and he squeals and his color and, um, you know, spoiler alert. Uh, Mondu reminds me of my Lilu, which is my dog. <laughs> so <laughs> we in the heard different scenes, the when, yeah, like when, when Lilu's you when, um, Mondu was in Kipo's lap and they're, you know, cuddling and I was like, oh, that's how I am with my Lilu. So I loved that. So I, I love Mandu so much, but.
0: No, Mondu's amazing. And Mondu, you know, really becomes, um, a great centerpiece for the show too. Like Mondu does some cool stuff, you know, in the future. So we'll, will uh, get mm-hmm, that yeah. down the line, but. But you know, basically, Kipo, um, she's definitely a lover of all creatures, and it's her mission to pet Mondu because Mondu runs away scared. He's like, "Oh, I-, I don't know this human," you know, and he runs away. Or she, sorry, Mondu's girl, sorry. And uh, Kipo tries to find and pet Mondu, but then she notices a clothing store. And she's like, "Wait, this is a- kind of cool. There's a clothing store here." So she goes in there. It's kind of a cool little scene where. She plays a uh, dress up at the clothing stores, trying out all of these different outfits until she finds like the outfit that works for her. And uh, basically the outfit that she decides works for her is black pants with a t-shirt that has like a little space logo on it.
1: Mm-hmm. And I love it. I love her outfit. It's so cute. Um, I also want to say that when she first, I was looking at my notes here when she first sees Mondo, she says, you come with an extra pair of everything. I loved that. That was adorable. And then when she says um, the line about, um, I will find you and I will pet you, I'm telling you, that is (laughs) every one of my friends. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, I grew up um, on the East Coast with like, you know, wilderness stuff. And I was kind of like more of a apprehension about animals. You know, you kind of kind of look at the animal and their environment and you know you just kind of and all of my friends are like oh i'm going to love you and hold you and kiss you forever (laughs) i mean like every single animal and i'm like you guys are gonna die through a bear attack or something because you're sure that it wants you to pet and hug it." oh
0: the bear really wants to pet
1: (laughs) yeah or like oh look at that raccoon drooling foam (laughs) come here i'm always like oh god yeah exactly I connected to that when she said that. I was like, oh, my God, that is every single one of my really close friends. And if they're listening, they will be laughing right now because they know my God, they've said it themselves. They will die trying to <laughs> bet something. <laughs> well,
0: luckily for Kipo, she doesn't die, though. So that, that's a good thing. So she, she's surprised.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, she leaves and she's got this great look, right? She's got this great outfit on and, you know, with the, the pink Converse, which, by the way, I, I have a pair myself. They're hot pink. I love them. And um, all of a sudden, what do we see her in? A slug low rider with the dubstep bees right behind her. <laughs> that whole scene was so fantastic.
0: It really was, honestly.
1: I mean, just, and then, like, having her just go along, and, and, you know, the bees are, oh, God, I loved it so much. (laughs) That was so amazing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I just love those little moments in Kipo where you can, like, take in the scenery, too, where, where there's a lot of moments where they stop down, just let you soak it in, because, like, the scenery is really amazing.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, like honestly, a lot of these scenes, or you know, we could do a screenshot of it, and you you just either it would go somewhere beautifully, or you would just look at it and be like, oh my god, look at all that crazy stuff. Exactly.
0: There. Like, yeah, I'd almost want to just you know pick a wall in my house, just like decorate a wall like the like, Keepo scenes. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. It's um, uh, I I love how they and they just put so much detail. I I have a lot of respect for the animators and the artwork in this. It's it's gorgeous. I agree.
0: And, you know, uh, for anyone that didn't know, um, Kipo actually did start off as a comic, and it was a short little webcomic. You can actually find it on the internet, and um basically the comic had like 40 pages to it, and from those 40 pages, um, you know, someone saw it, and they believed in it, and they made it into this show that we have here. So, um, you know, it's basically 40 pages into the show
1: oh, that is so cool. I'm going to have to look up that story. I wonder, I can't imagine how that artist and, you know, the creators of that, you know, they went from just a web comic to having it on Netflix. That's incredible. I can't wait to read about that.
0: Yeah, and honestly, um, you you don't get a ton of story there because it's only basically, like, essentially one comic, but Mm -hmm. um, it's really interesting to see you know some of the concepts that were in the comic that um actually made it into the show too and the character designs look a little bit different but for the most mm-hmm. part it's the same thing we see on the show so it's that's cool fantastic
1: that's great
0: but moving along with our episode here um Kipo actually finds a vending machine and Mondu is hungry she can tell so she actually uh says well I know how to deal with these vending machines. Don't worry about it. You know, I I have a lot of these uh, underground. So she's like, let me just uh, pull out this wire here. And she's like, well, that didn't work. And then she tries to move it a little bit. And the whole thing tips over and uh, the glass smashes. But then she's like, well, hey, I I guess that works too. And she uh, grabs a bag of cheese puffs for Mondo and her.
1: Man, Mondo and those cheese curls. Look, I will tell you, cheese curls is the snack choice of cartoons, I believe, animated shows, the number of characters who go wild over cheese curls, um, cheesy poofs, different things. It is uh, very large, and I have noticed that um, cheese curls, cheesy poofs, uh, these kind of things, they are the snack of the animated series. That's my opinion. <laughs>
0: See, I've never been a fan of them myself unless it's the, um, like Cheetos crunchy ones. I like those. Those are the only ones I like.
1: Um, I, I like the puffs. I like how they kind of dissolve and disappear into a mass of cheesy mush in your mouth. Right. Um, I don't like the crunchy ones actually. Um, and I I guess we'd have to fight on that then. I know. I know. (laughs) This is gonna, but I also really like the natural white cheddar cheese cheesy boobs i didn't think i'd like those but i do
0: hey maybe you know all of you could let us know in the comments or you know uh uh, send us an email let us know you know are you team uh crunchy or team you know poof and I also
1: with? really like the extra curly ones that they do. You know, the cheesy poops. They have one oh, that yes. are just the right and like then the, the ones things, yeah. that are really extra curly cute and sometimes.
0: Or, or that maybe you cheddar, like the cheese balls instead. There's ones that are actually shaped as just regular balls. So
1: Okay. My friend, um, my, my ex roommate, she bought a case of the cheese balls, the old planters, you know, the planters right. version. Those arrived and we both tasted them. And we were like Oh God. Oh God. What is this? What is, we are now so used to the Cheetos cheese powder flavor that the, right. um, cheese, the planters, you know, cheese balls. Yet. Oh my God. They, they tasted like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm just trying to, they tasted like, um, really stale,
0: non-flavor.
1: Like, yeah. no, it was bad. It was bad. I, the poor thing. She had to eat an entire case of them over like six months. Nikki, I I'm would sorry. not do
0: that. Definitely not. But.
1: No. Well, I mean, after you buy them, though, what are you going to do? You've got those true, true. sitting there. It's like you can't just throw well, them you out. You
0: can feed them to Mondo. I mean, Mondo would eat it.
1: Exactly. So that is exactly the thing. If we had Mondo, and you yes. know, I, my dog. Was Everyone already. needs a Mondo.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But anyway, that's the. uh I but just want to say, cheese curls are the. Those are the snacks of cartoons that I've noticed. Besides, you know. Yeah, snacks.
0: I mean, people came for Kipo; they got a lesson on cheese girls. So. That's
1: right. That's right. An unofficial lesson of exactly. just a random theory of mine, but yes.
0: <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get with us. So.
1: <laughs>
0: but uh, continuing down the episode, uh, basically. Kipo says to Mandu, "Hey, do you want to do something fun?" And Mandu's like, "Um, I don't know, do I?" <laughs> like, he, like Mandu has this look on um her face, like, um, I'm not sure. And yeah, I basically... mean, that's my look every time. My friends say, <laughs> yeah. "You want to
1: go do something fun?" I'm like, <laughs> I'm not sure. If our idea of fun is the same. Let's let me hear this. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and basically, I think Kibo's idea is kind of fun, actually. I mean, she basically makes the makeshift sled, and yeah. her and Mandu get on the makeshift sled and just slide down the stairs, and I think it was pretty okay. cool. Okay,
1: I'm just going to tell you, so the way that thing was, all I could think is this. The edge of that tin was going to catch the front lip of a step and flip over, because that is what happened to me. <laughs>
0: Ow, that does not sound fun. <laughs>
1: No um, but I loved it. That was so great um uh, I, I love it. and I love how she just uh slide and then she just slides right into the old world, you know, she slides in yeah, and, she, and she she basically just starts this...
0: bonding with mandu and you know talking about like yeah. the surface not being so bad and like you know how she thought it was so bad all her life, but it's really kind of cool in her eyes and then she kind of like um relates back to dumplings that her dad makes and that's when she officially names the pig Mandu after the dumplings that her dad makes. So I think that's kind of cool. That's
1: it's a great name.
0: Yeah, Mandu an awesome name. I like that name. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. what have you ever heard of pet name Mandu? Like I've never heard that no. before. So. I love it. But um, one of
1: the things she said is. Um, In this scene, so first off, I love that she talks about her dad being a science nerd and, you know, what he taught her about Parsecs, which, by the way, I was totally nerding out on her. I loved it. Um, She goes, my whole life they taught us the surface was a horrible place. But look at you. You look just like these little dumplings my dad makes. Mandu gets his name from dumplings. I just love that. But she's, you know, kind of realizing that the horrors and you know, scary things that she heard about, um, while it appears that some of that stuff is real, there's also things to be gained and, and earned here. And things to be learned, and um, good things, too. And so, I really liked that. Because she was kind of saying, oh, now I'm seeing, like, all the all the the, the different possibilities here.
0: No, I, I agree. So. And I like that she's, you know, getting to see this new world and just explore it for herself. and
1: mm-hmm.
0: You know... Like your friends, I mean, she uh, sees some baby bunnies next, and she's like, oh, I have to pet these, too. And Mondu actually tries to warn her a little bit. He tries to tug on her shirt and be like, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) Because (laughs) what Kipo doesn't realize is that um, these are the babies. She probably thinks they're just regular adults at the time she pets them. But then a mega bunny that's like, you know, 10, 20 times the size of these comes and lays down on all of them because that's the mother. And Kipo, like, is trapped underneath and has to, like, wiggle her way out, basically.
1: So I love this because the truth is this is a universal rule, not just for mega-mutes, but don't touch animal babies. <laughs> yeah, <that is> true. <laughs> uh, The thing is, she just didn't know they were babies, right?
0: They were so no, she, big. Yeah, she didn't know. I mean, she'd probably she probably didn't they were adults. Yeah. But like, also, oh, these are the babies. Okay.
1: has she ever encountered animals? I mean, that's one of the things I was thinking when you were talking about Mandu. What kind of animals do they have in the burrow? These could be her first experience with anything outside of just her humans.
0: You know? That's true. I mean, we do know um, from watching the series, they did have a mandrel in the burrows at one point, but we don't know what other animals were there.
1: Yeah. I mean, does anybody have pets? I don't know
0: um i we don't know for sure so yeah they never really tell us in the series actually, yeah it's but.
1: true but i was just saying, like from her reaction stuff i feel like they don't have pets and animals where she comes from
0: probably not many because they were doing yeah. some animal testing on the ones they did have but not many probably
1: right
0: but <sighs> then we have a hooded figure um that's kind of in shadows capture mandu and Then uh chases this hooded figure and learns it's a human girl with a stick and a wolf pulse. And she's kind of watching from the car. And basically, um, this hooded figure, who we come to know and love as Wolf, um, is trying to eat Mandu. Because Wolf is basically trying to make sure Mandu is not a talking mute. Because that's where we learn in the story that there's actually mutes that talk as well. And there's some that don't.
1: And I love this because I wrote, um, caught mandu and says, if the mute can't talk, it's food rules yes. set. And I felt like, you know, they did a very, very good job of telling us right there, you know, okay, this is, this is the delineation line. Um, you know, you don't eat, you know, conscious, <laughs> cognizant beings. Um, although. And then you get into lots of quibble and stuff. But uh I understand what uh, Wolf is saying, you know. Oh, however, I agree. You eat Mondo and I'm coming for you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, she does not because then Kipo actually comes out from the car and then Wolf is like, I was wondering when you're going to come out because Wolf was <laughs> out she was there.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, that was great. Yeah. Because <laughs> Wolf never misses a beat. No pun intended.
0: No, definitely not. And essentially, they kind of um quibble a little bit, where, you know, Kipo wants to save Mandu, and Wolf's like, that's my dinner. What are you talking about? That's my dinner, basically. And in the scuffle, um, Mandu actually uh gets to escape and runs away. And then Wolf is, you know, uh pretty upset about this. He's like, hey, that, that was my dinner. What the heck? Now we have no dinner. <laughs> and they kind of talk about some of the differences on the surface, because... um Wolf is used to the surface and has lived on the surface her whole life. And Kipo has lived underground in the burrow. So there's a lot of differences there. They kind of talk about this a little bit.
1: Yeah, I. uh this is going to be ongoing, um, the Definitely. differences between Kipo and Wolf and how differences between your experiences in life um, can change how you react and view things. And how to sometimes overcome that to see things the same way. And I think Wolf has a very long and complicated history. And I'm excited to explore all of that. Um But Wolf's story isn't one of, like, happiness, right?
0: It really isn't. But we don't really know that at this point. No. Like, at this point, we just know, hmm, Wolf is really, like... You know, standoffish, maybe a little mean. Like, we don't really know what her story is yet, but we learned throughout the episode that she's not actually as mean as she, like, comes off as because she actually helps people, so.
1: And it seems like she does the right things and the things that are needed to do, despite what she wants to do.
0: Exactly. Like, basically, the very next thing that happens is, you know, Wolf is giving her some lessons, and she says, don't shout because, you know other animals and things will hear it and then it's the kipo dinner best yeah and kipo is like okay well that's my invitation to just keep shouting because you're walking away from me so like Kipo's kind of bad <laughs> just keep shouting oh my and... god <laughs> well, it's annoying
1: <laughs> so oh my goodness one of my number one pet peeves is when on shows people continuously yell out a character's name you know right. like or they're being told to not do something and they specifically do it anyway.
0: Yes. And I agree with
1: that. And I'm always like, Arr! just, you know, you want to <laughs> jump through that spree. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, that was one of those moments where I'm like, just, you know, if honestly, if somebody yelled at me, you know, stop, don't say a word. I would not say a word. I would stop and I would look at them and try to, like, understand the situation. Right, exactly. I wouldn't continue screaming.
0: But sometimes it's (laughs) that knee-jerk reaction and you just can't help it. Right, right, right. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) But, I mean, Wolf (laughs) does kind of jump through the screen, though, because Kipo actually gets trapped in a spider web and a giant spider's about to eat her. But then Wolf comes and saves her. And then Wolf's like... Yeah, I don't really, this is why I don't work with people, and, like, you yeah. know, you're on your own. And then was like, well, fine, I'm going to go this way then. And she is about to walk right into Death Ivy, which basically is poison ivy that you literally die at first touch of it. And Wolf is like, what? You were about to go straight into the Death Ivy. And then, like, a, a butterfly comes by and hits Death Ivy and just dies instantly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is just great. I mean, uh, the happy-go-lucky person having their butt saved over and over yeah. by the, you know, uh, grizzled, um, streetwise character. Oh my god! If oh, I was funny I would... too,
0: because Keepo was like, okay, uh, not that way, this way then.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> oh, it's great! It's so funny, but it, these are like. Some of these things are a little bit, and Kipo doesn't do this often, but, uh, when they have characters, you know, do really stupid things in order to create a scenario, uh, this is one of those situations where I was like, Kipo, come on. Yeah. You gotta listen. To it's it.
0: her first day in the surface though. You gotta give yeah. her a little. What little are you gonna little do? Little.
1: <laughs> I know. I know.
0: But I mean, Wolf tries to give her some more lessons and lets her know, um, that, Her being from a burrow is dangerous to tell others because there's others in this world that are not going to like that information. So uh, we don't know too much about who yet, but we just know that, okay, Kipo being from a burrow is dangerous for her because she's not used to the surface and um, other mutes on the surface might not like that.
1: So I was thinking at this time when I was watching this, because I was wondering, well, what would be the reasons why it's dangerous for somebody to live in the burrow for them to know? And I was thinking, well, other people could want to go and get their, um, uh, you know, go and get their supplies. They live in safety and, um, in shelter. So there's lots of benefits from apparently living in the borough, considering how she's never experienced any of this level of danger. But there could be, um, some sort of, uh, uh, you know, Like, kind of like pirating of the burrows or, you know, taking over the space, things like that.
0: Yeah, no, I I could see that. I mean, I think that's a good explanation. And, like, I think also um, the people from the burrow know what the world was like before. And I think that might be kind of threatening to the mutes, too, because, you know, they know what the world was like before. And um, they're used to a different world. So, like, they might want things to go back to how they were.
1: Well, and you know, Kipo apparently comes from where she goes to school and she has all this stuff. Right. Whereas, you know, Wolf is living out it with nowhere. So there's no shelter, there's no adult, exactly. there's no system, there's no nothing. And apparently in the borough, you know, based on her uniform, her talking about education, her talking about, you know, cooking from the things that she's talked, you know, the, the, um, dumplings, mandu dumplings. Um, from all those things, you can gather that she lives in what would be considered a type of society. Whereas what is up there is not a society. It's not a cohesive group of people. Um, it is, or of, you know, beings. I don't want to say people. We've got right. lots of beings. Exactly. Um, and so there's, you know, just the different dynamics. They're literally two different worlds. But kids up there don't get an education. They don't have any of those things. So the dynamics and the di- the the difference between Wolf's existence and Kipo's
0: existence
1: could not be more different.
0: No, I agree. It's completely it's different. different I think that dichotomy is really interesting, especially during mm-hmm. season one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But essentially, like, Wolf says that she'll help Kipo find her old burrow, and Wolf is just kind of doing this to get Kipo off her back a little bit, and. Kipo says that they live under a great barrier called the Clover, and Wolf is, uh, thinking that she might know what that is, so essentially, um, Wolf says, okay, let's make camp at night, and Kipo's like, wait, outside? Like, here? And Wolf's like, yeah, like, where do you think we're gonna go? Like, (laughs) pretty much. And, uh, Kipo is actually stargazing at night and saying, oh, this, this star, this is this star, and saying how she loves astronomy, and this, uh, really annoys Wolf because Wolf just wants to sleep. (laughs)
1: Yeah, um, I love all of this, especially the annoyance from, uh, Wolf that all the things that Kipo is having wonderment about, um, are all things that uh, Wolf either needs to worry about or doesn't need to worry about. Right? Like, Wolf doesn't need to worry right. about the sky. Sky might be beautiful, but sc- dark sky means I can sleep, and you know, it just means totally exactly. different two different things to the two of them. And I love that. One of the things that I liked is when, um, uh, when Wolf was kind of walking away, I, I had, um, uh, kind of, what I looked to me as the Wolf walks alone, <laughs> you know, there just this whole concept, like the name and everything. It's, it's really great. Um, but that, you know, Wolf saves Kipo over and over again because she realizes Kipo won't last and even though Kipo, um, Wolf has no use for Kipo doesn't want Kipo to die and that's amazing and I, I just love how in the end like Wolf will lay there and listen to Kipo go on and on about all these things and be like would you please so shut up so, up so I can exactly. go to sleep <laughs> exactly <laughs> or not shut up can you be quiet are, you shouldn't say shut up to people but yeah no, probably not but... No, no <laughs> Um, but I really liked that entire set of scenes um and what you know um what that brought us to, and kind of showing us who Wolf is, but also giving exactly. us you know who kipo is she is she is the Pollyanna to um Wolf's nihilist,
0: <laughs> yeah, honestly, they make such a great pair, and that's yeah. throughout the entire series they make like such a fun pair to watch and yeah um. You know, next we actually see them wake up in the morning and Wolf takes her to an old shopping center and they're looking through some stuff and Kipo picks up a can and this is actually a really smart way, in my opinion, that the show lets us know where, um, what year the show is set in because yes. a lot of shows, I feel like they would just, you know, have a title card that says like year 2000, whatever, like yeah. they'll just have a title card. What they actually do in Kipo is, uh, Kipo picks up the can and reads the expiration date And says October 23rd 2020 and then Wolf's like Yeah that's been expired for a while That's been expired for 200 years
1: So that <laughs> lets us know you
0: know that the show is set In the year 2220 So like I thought it was a really clever way By the show writers to actually let us know What year this is set in without Like just outwardly saying On a title card here's, here's the year
1: Yep you know what I didn't like Derek they made me do math <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just not a mather, but I was like, yeah, "Oh,
0: the I math is too I mean, bad with that." Though.
1: I literally paused and I was like, "You know, it's just adding two hundred. How? Why did I have to think so hard on <laughs> yeah. this?" But seriously, I was like caught off guard for a second because I realized, "Oh, they just gave us the formula," and I was like, "Oh,
0: <laughs> okay, exactly. Okay.
1: Yeah, I just want to, you know, new math, old math. Either way, I don't do it right." <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, the math isn't too, too bad, so, you know, at least that's <laughs> that. But they don't have a lot of time to stop down in the store and, like, you know, just enjoy it, though, because um, the Mega Bunny that Kipo met earlier actually finds them, and Kipo was like, oh, I-, I met her earlier, I named her Rebecca. And Wolf's like, named it Rebecca? Like, like you can see this look in Wolf's eyes, like, why would you name it? Like, <laughs> that's, like, kind of the look at Wolf's eyes, so like, what? why would you name this... Mega bunny, like, this is stupid, like, why would you name it? And then, um Kipo reveals that she was petting her baby bunnies, and Wolf's like, what? How do you not know not to do that? And Kipo's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and basically the Mega bunny, uh, chases them because the problem is that Kipo has the scent of the Mega bunny's babies on her, so the Mega bunny kinda thinks that is one of her babies.
1: Yes um and was you know even had sat on her everything and yes. you know uh big rebecca wants to make sure all of her bunnies are safe
0: exactly so, and Kipo is not with the rest of the bunnies so she has to thank yeah.
1: <laughs> and i like that you know they don't ever try to hurt the bunnies or anything they're just trying to get away from it right. and um you know i'm not opposed to uh wolf's solution to protecting Kipo, And, keep and yes. what would that
0: solution be, Derek? Uh, Wolf actually pulls out some fragrances and just sprays a bottle of fragrance all over Kipo to get rid of the scent. And then Kipo's like, okay, I'm glad that's over. You know, that that wasn't too bad. And then Wolf pulls out another one like, it's good I had an extra can. <laughs> <laughs> and then Wolf, Wolf sprays the second can.
1: I swear <laughs> I honestly could almost smell it that cloyingly and <laughs> yeah. sweet. Um, uh, aerosol, and I was—it was so funny because in my mind it was like Lysol lemon, you know, straight up. Right. I could just, you know, oh, it was great. I loved that though because I literally could almost smell the air freshener as you know Kipo's being inundated with. And by the way, I think in two hundred years those things would still work. What do you think?
0: Um, I think so. Yeah, I think it would solve the sentiment, So I think it would work. But
1: yeah, I think that because the product is under pressure. Um, it keeps it from uh being exposed to anything or maybe degrading as much. So I think in 200 years, an aerosol can of something should still work. Because, I mean, that's one of the things I've always wondered, you know, after, like, when you watch these things about post-apocalyptic time, like, how effective are things for very long? Such as, you know, gunpowder. How effective is gunpowder for how long? Um, not that we have to worry about in this show, but... Uh, Those are the kind of things I think about sometimes when they show products that are so old. How effective would they be? Would it still clean my kitchen, Derek? You tell Uh,
0: me. I I think it would. I mean, like, it's a cleaning product, so I think that's, you know, kind of what it's designed for, but.
1: Okay. Good. (laughs) That that makes me relate. (laughs) Uh, So, they keep exploring, you know, after, uh, she gets sprayed.
0: Yeah, and basically, uh, they're in some sewers and, Kipo actually mocks Wolf with a funny surface voice. She's just kind of acting tough, like, you know, saying, I'm from the surface, you know. I'm all tough. I could do anything. And Wolf's like, exactly. That's how you should be. And Kipo's like, what? (laughs) And then they pull out a telescope and find out, oh, the clover is a freeway overpass. That's basically what the clover is. We find out that's what the clover is, and that's where uh, Kipo's home is. But then Wolf's like, yes, but it's very dangerous to get there. And then Wolf's we'll kind of like, well, why am I doing this for you again? Like, I, I don't help anyone. Why am I doing this for you?
1: Okay, Derek, real quickly, where do you think this is based in? Because I have a theory. After there were two scenes that provided me with context, theory.
0: Um, I'm not sure honestly. So you, you go with your theory because I'm not honestly sure. Whatever I, I say is probably going to be completely it's wrong. L.A. That's, okay, I was thinking around there too, so I got that. Because I sure.
1: they, they've got the LA rivers, which are really, um these, uh, you know, the, the overflow for the water so that, you know, it floods, it fills them up, um, even though they call it the LA river. So I think that's where she flew. I think she flooded out of some underground burrow into the LA river, and I'm using quote, finger quotes here. Um and then when they showed, when they pulled back and they, sh- I was like, okay. That much traffic, that many, you know, um, that amount of roadways and cl- all that stuff. So, and the dubstep fees, of course, that, you know, that adds right. to it, but I'm guessing this is LA.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> it, it definitely could be LA. I mean, um, that's kind of the, where I was thinking potentially, you know, especially with like a big giant highway like that, but yeah, um, but, you know, we don't have a lot of time to spend on that because, you know, um, there's a big entrance that comes in after that. So uh, who enters, actually?
1: Oh, our mod frogs.
0: Well, just one of them here, but yes. Yes, yes. Um, uh,
1: is it Jamak?
0: Yep, Jamak. It's so, a Jamak. There
1: we go. That's how it's pronounced.
0: Yeah, so this is a frog in a tuxedo who uh, seems to have a disdain for humans. and. Basically, he shoots his tongue out towards them and kind of um, startles Keepo Wolf, a little bit. And um, basically, there's a little bit of a tussle with Wolf and Jamak gets a little bit of ink on his tuxedo. And he's not happy about this because, you know, the mod frogs, like they, they keep up their appearance, you know, and that's pretty important to them. And, oh, yeah. Um, basically, the big thing for them to get away is somehow, um, Wolf had the foresight to grab spot remover at the grocery store, and, you know, uh she's got the spot remover, and she's like, hey, this is what you want, right? And, you know, Jamak's like, oh, just uh, throw it over to me, and Wolf's like, well, let us go then. And they kind of have one of those, you know, like, little bit of uh, standoffs there, but then uh Wolf just tosses it almost off the edge of the cliff, and Jamak has to run over and quickly use his tongue to actually stop the uh, spot remover from going off the edge and that's how they escape but one of the important points of this scene is that in their meeting Kipo basically acts all weird and acts like she's this is her first time seeing a mod frog which it is as we know but the way that she's acting about this this clues Jamak in that oh she's from a burrow she's not from the surface
1: yes the mod frogs in Jamak so um, we've gone through the preview. I talked about other uh, animated series or other animated movies, maybe that had um frogs like this, and I think it was in um the Frog Princess, maybe that they that we had this. But I love this idea of the super modern, um, you know, from the the sixties and seventies, the the mod squad type look, where everything is. Super, you know, modern and fashionable, but too cool for school. Uh, they nail it with the mod bras. Um, I love that he's more concerned about his um, ink stain on his shirt. I agree. Than he is about necessarily catching them. And then the idea that he understands that Kipo is a burrow girl. Hmm. That's a lot. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. And, um... Uh there's there's a there's a lot of information
0: in there no i agree and i think that him finding out that she's a burrow girl that like sets us up for what comes in the rest of the episode because he realizes oh wait where there's a burrow girl there's a burrow where there's a burrow there's more humans so that's why um he gets his mod fog friends and they kind of just start to go after and try to find kipo and in the midst of trying to find kipo Jamak actually snatches Mandu instead, and he's like, oh, it's just a pig. Well, we can just have this for dinner. And then Wolf's like, okay, yes, this is perfect. This is our chance to escape. And Kipo's like, wait, no, they have Mandu. Like, I'm going to go save Mandu." And Kipo just goes out there, marches out, and he's like, hey, let the pig go. And then Wolf just kind of runs away. And Wolf's like, I'm just taking this chance to act. So Like, I'm not dealing with this anymore. Like, this is too much. And Kipo is like, that pig is like a deadly pig. And, you know, you have no idea what you're dealing with. And Jamak's like, yeah, okay, okay, sure. And essentially, um Mandu just bites Jamak's finger and, you know, uh starts running. And Kipo uh, kind of joins in suit. And then we have, like, a chase scene.
1: Yep. And once again, Wolf saves Kipo.
0: Yeah, Wolf comes back. And Kipo's like, oh, you came back. And Wolf's like, yeah, I came back. Don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh. And then what's coming up is uh, one of my favorite characters.
0: Yes, and who is that?
1: Well, we don't get a name. We get an insect baby right now. Correct. But I don't think we're quite there yet.
0: We will um, find out soon, though.
1: Yes. Uh, so, Jamak is knocked out by Wolf, and they barricade themselves inside of a room. I love... And I'm looking at your notes, by the way. I'm not reading mine. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, I love how Kipo suggested to Wolf that she they are now sisters, because they had a fight and they made up.
0: Which I think is 100% true. Yeah. I
1: mean, that is you know, if you can fight with a friend, like have a real fight and then make up and be okay. You you're you're like yeah, you're like sisters, brothers at that point. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um I love that scene. I love that, and yeah, I love it's,
0: it's really nice to see them bonding like that, honestly.
1: Yeah, and I love Wolf's like absolute chagrin.
0: Wolf's <laughs> well, like, no, don't, don't say that. No, don't. Yeah, yeah, say that. yeah.
1: Don't, don't yeah. hug me. Don't touch me. Get away from exactly. me. <laughs> I love those kind of things. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> but then right. they hear some crying, and uh, they go to seek out what the crying is, and it's actually a baby bug. They find out. And Kipo wants to protect it, and Wolf's like we we don't have time for this, like they're after us, and um we don't know who this is yet. We will not reveal the name here, but um you know, this character does have a name, and we will find that out in the coming episodes. but essentially, the mod frogs hear this, and they're closing into the room when the episode closes. So that's basically where we end off is that uh the mod frogs know that you know they're in there with this crying baby. And um Wolf is kinda getting ready for a fight, it looks like.
1: Oh, I loved this. So what I really liked is one, um, Kipo's uh uh shock and quasi delight at finding out the baby was actually a bug. Like, oh <laughs> um and my own probably.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: um and I also love that they just straight up give us a, a cliffhanger. Straight to black boom and honestly this show is like really
0: good about that like you know giving you cliffhangers that like make you want to keep watching yeah and uh, i kind of enjoy that so
1: and that's why i said like it's going to be this isn't a monster of the week show this isn't a you know getting the theme of each episode is going to be a bit of a dig for us sometimes because each one is sometimes there are continuations you know and they just keep that storyline going and we're, you know, we're on a whole journey. So, um but I loved how it ended. It was really great. And so did again, I. let's just reflect that this was what? 26 minutes? 25
0: minutes? 24. 24.
1: 24 minutes. Oh yeah. 24 minutes. And we've got like two to three minutes of, um, uh, of the credits. They put so much yeah. into this. I mean, what? we've been talking for and- an hour now.
0: Yeah, we've been talking for almost an hour on a 24 minute episode and we, we haven't even finished our segments yet, so.
1: <laughs> to the audience, we apologize.
0: <laughs> well, maybe, maybe they're enjoying this. We'll see.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hopefully you are.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but that is kind of the episode recaps. I mean, um, segment three is always going to be our Music of Kipo segment where we kind of go over some of the musical, um, cues and songs that are in Kipo and, um this episode we didn't have a lot of songs but we had some nice cues um I counted you know six cues or songs in this episode and the first one is some kind of suspenseful music in the opening of the show to kind of show that Kipo is going to uncharted territory which I think is a really nice uh touch that kind of sets the theme for like okay this is you know uncharted territory for her this is like different for her and I think it's kind of a little nice music cue that happens there
1: it's interesting because under my notes section here, I wrote that I love the music they use for Danger as well. Um yes, So I'm, I'm right in line with you. I also wrote <laughs> that the Rave Bees are the best, and while I'm not a huge house music EDM fan, I definitely do enjoy the heavy beats that the, you know, Rave Bees are. I just, I love that flavor that they throw in here, and Honestly, it was just so unexpected by me at the beginning and I, I'm loving it every time. Um, I also I love the theme song. Normally I loathe animated series themes. Um this one's you really know, good
0: though, for sure. This one is yeah, so
1: good. It is. And I love the bells and the drums and it just feels like it's just a happy it. yeah. I just really like that.
0: No I agree. I think all the music in this show is great. that's why we have a whole segment on honestly and
1: and we also got our first um part where she's you know uh strumming the guitar and you know singing her own little song, you know, just kind of making up words about her journey that was yeah, sweet and too. you
0: know the song like some of the lines of it are up on top, far from home, flowers are big, bees are weird, so I wrote out some of the lines there and. It's not that many lines. It's a short little song because as we remember from our recap, the big bird kind of comes in and interrupts her. But this is <laughs> like a little jingle that, um, kind of helps the audience understand the world more, just as Kipo's understanding it. So it's a really cool little jingle, actually.
1: Yeah. I, I really liked it. And, um, it was just sweet. And I know lots of people that, you know, just like to strum the guitar and just sing a little song and, you know, just sitting there on their own. And that was, that exactly. was nice. That was, that was sweet.
0: Yeah, it was kind of comforting for her and comforting for the audience at the same time. Mm-hmm. I
1: think. Yeah.
0: And then our next musical cue, we have the song "Now You Know My Name" by The Revolutions. That plays for a little bit of time when she goes to the old clothing store. So I think this is kind of a nice touch to have that song playing because this is where Kipo is like kind of choosing her look and kind of choosing her identity. So I think it's a really good touch uh, that song choice.
1: Um, I barely noticed it. <laughs> As you know, this section is more a you section as I, I do love music right. but I just, you know, um I miss some of these things. So I you know, when I was watching that, I was identifying with her clothes choices. <laughs> I was watching the different clothes. I was like, Oh, that'd be funny to watch her come out wearing that, you know, um, the dress with all the, the frills on the bottom or just the different outfits. So um, I like that scene. I'm, I'm really glad that you're following this stuff, Derek. Because I yeah, totally I'm, I'm trying it. to.
0: I mean, we have a music segment, so I wanted to make sure yeah. we get most of the music, so. Yeah, I'm just <laughs>
1: letting you know, I totally missed that,
0: 100%. <laughs> well, you know, there's probably other people out there that did too, but you know, um, if yeah. you go back and check it out, it, it's a cool little spot. And yeah. Um, I, did, fourth... I really
1: enjoyed that scene though. That, that, no, I so did too, 100%. I, there's so many different parts that were working in it,
0: but our fourth music cue is a very small one. It, it's, it's, like, this is the one that you can blink and miss it, basically, but um, as they're at night and they're going to bed, basically, and Kipo is gazing up at the stars, right at the very end of that scene, uh, scene, we get a little nice sound cue that basically has, like, a hopeful vibe, and it's click- as the moon is showing. So, it's kind of like a little tiny sound cue, and it basically gives, like, hope to what the next day is going to bring. So I thought that was kind of a nice little touch, and it's one of those ones that, like, if you really don't pay attention for, like, half a second, you're going to miss it.
1: Yeah, that was me. Um <laughs> But I actually felt the hope, though. That's the funny thing.
0: That's good, that... though. At least you felt it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of, but I, I, it really does, you know, music so helps tell you what the emotion of the scene is. Um And I like things telling me that, you know, things are positive and
0: upbeat. No, I agree. And I think a lot of things in this show are positive and upbeat. And it's kind of cool. Oh, absolutely. It's cool to see those music cues.
1: This is a, you know, we've got a Pollyanna character, a positive, who, you know, doesn't necessarily ignore all the dangers, but believes that the better outcome and the good for all is possible.
0: I agree. And honestly, um, besides like the actual song where she's singing like with the guitar, um, my favorite music cue from the episode is actually the introduction of Jamak um, when Jamak first comes into the scene it's a sound cue that happens for probably only about like three to five seconds it's very short but it's a funny little musical theme and it kind of gave me the vibe that like um someone was in a drunken parlor just playing games like that's kind of the vibe that I got from it and it's kind of like a cool little um just you know fun theme that kind of describes Jamak's character a little bit, I think.
1: Right. I like that. Um I miss the music.
0: <laughs> you gotta go back and listen to the music.
1: I know, I'm going I'm gonna have to watch these episodes like three times now. I'm gonna have to watch them you know, uh, just to remind myself that to take my notes and I'm going to watch it afterwards to catch all the cues that you're reminding me of, which, but I love that actually. I love that, you know, you're catching different things. Um, I think it's hilarious. I'm going to have to get better at this or just stay bad and you can keep staying good as far well. And I
0: do apologize if I'm not as good at like describing some of the sounds I try my best for some of these sounds, but like, for example, the last cue, I didn't really know how to describe this, but, um, for the mod frogs chase, there's a, like an upbeat theme and it includes some bells in it. So it's kind of like an upbeat theme with some bells in there. And that's not really the best description for that. But I, I was I was trying to come up. With something well, for that right
1: I, I think the Kipo has bells and chimes right. as a large part of their themes. And they're um they're the small little tinkly ones, you know. Right. They're not big. You know, these big bell sounds um a little bit of a tinkerbellish you know not really but you know that kind of whimsy to the sound um almost like they could have made it with a xylophone you know
0: i can see that Um, yeah i
1: I really I, i like it and it's interesting and different um but again it it just sends upbeat happiness vibes out i think
0: no, I agree, and I I like that you know vibe that the show sends out as a whole. I mean, and mm-hmm. this chase theme is really cool, and there's going to be other chase themes that come up you know later in the show's history that are uh, also very cool and very different from this as well.
1: Yeah, I think the people that do the mixing and put together the sound on this and um, do the music are far cooler people than I will ever be.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I think they're pretty cool, so you know I, I give them some credit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, okay. But they are, I mean, what they, and how they put this music together, and how they weave the sound and atmosphere of the show is just, you know, that that is an art form, and that's one that it, Kipo excels at.
0: I agree. But that takes us to the end of Segment 3. Segment 4 is our character MVP and LVP points, and the current rankings. But obviously, this is Episode 1, so we don't have current rankings, so... Basically, this is just handing out our first uh, MVP and LVPs. And just to remind everyone, our LVP is called the Gilded Frog Award, which is uh, more of a reference to something that happens in Season 2, but um, we'll get there eventually. But basically, it's just, you know, a golden um, encased frog, basically. Um, And what is our MVP called?
1: The Purple Jaguar Award.
0: Yes, and that is a reference to. A amazing song, probably one of the best in the series history that will come later in season one. So, um, you know, stay tuned for that. And we're going to stop down and talk about that song probably a lot in the music section of that episode. Like that's a really good song.
1: Excellent. And, um, I have a, uh, a spoiler alert for you here. What's that? We have the same award.
0: We do, wow. Yes. Same uh, Purple Jaguar and Gilded Frog?
1: That is correct. (laughs) Yes. So I
0: I guess, um, why don't I take the Gilded Frog (laughs) and you'll take the Purple Jaguar then and we'll get um, two for each.
1: That sounds
0: great. So I'll do the Gilded Frog Award. So apparently we both chose the same character here. The Gilded Frog Award is a minus one point for the character that is the LVP or the worst character of the episode. And we both gave it to Jamak, so Jamak is going to be at negative two. And for me, the reason why I gave it to Jamak is he just epically failed everything in this episode. I mean, he captures mandu the pig instead of Kipo, and he's like, "Oh, it's just a pig." Well, I guess I'll just take the pig with me. And not only that, he fails to chase down Kipo, Wolf, and mandu He completely fails at the chase. They get away, and then after all that, he still gets knocked out by Wolf. And then even before that, when they first meet him. He's basically outsmarted by Wolf as well, where Wolf just throws the bottle of spot remover off the edge of the cliff and he has to run and get it. So, like, this entire episode is basically just a comedic fail for Jamakia all around.
1: Yes, 100% agree. Um, And, uh, you know, just the fact that (laughs) he cared more about cleaning his shirt than capturing his, um, quarry, I felt, uh, that's what gave him the, uh, gilded frog award. Um, because, uh, you know, if you're trying to capture somebody and find out where they're from and invade their territory and get, you you would think that a spot on your shirt wouldn't prevent you from an an absolute hundred percent guaranteed capture.
0: Exactly. Yeah, but he cared yeah. more about that, you know, and yeah. I, I think it is fitting too that our first Gilded Frog Award goes to a Mod Frog. So I think yeah. that's kind of fitting.
1: And I don't think it's going to be the last time.
0: I don't think it will be either, but, um, <laughs> you know, spoiler alert, I think Jamak will get some of those points back eventually. So he'll get a points though. back eventually. <laughs> but who is our Purple Jaguar Award for this week?
1: I mean, none other than our beloved animalistic wolf. Yes. Exactly. Um, well, and what you wrote here is perfect, so if you don't mind, I'm going to read your notes. Yeah, go for it. It basically says, uh, Wolf teaches Kipo about the surface world, saves her several times, and realizes she still has a lot of compassion in her, despite her tough ex- exterior. That perfectly describes it. Um, the only other thing that I would say is that that uh, she saved them and she did all that <laughs> despite not wanting to.
0: <laughs> yes, that is true, but I mean, I and that's, think it's still a lot of points. The yeah, exactly, because that's you know she, happened. like, she even tried to run away once, but she's like, "Yeah, I came back." She's like, "I, I had to," like, "I couldn't Look, help myself." <laughs>
1: Indiana Jones didn't want to save half the people he had to save, but you know what? He's a hero, and he, and that's Stay what right. Wolf did. You know, Wolf couldn't allow. Um, like an innocent, good person suffer simply because Wolf didn't desire to do what she knew she could do. So you know that, but she's awesome. She's great. She definitely wins this award for this week. Um, you know, uh, and also her 100%. patience with Kipo, I think, is also another reason. I <laughs> she agree. Went- and- she almost gets them killed and caught a couple times and she you know she's still helping her so that that also does it
0: <laughs> no i think wolf is the perfect candidate here and i will say for my choices um there was no other candidate for gilded frog i, I thought jamak was the clear choice there so he's at negative two there was no other choice for that but for me for purple jaguar i did think for a second well does keepo deserve it but i'm like no nah, wolf deserves it here
1: to be honest, I almost considered giving Kipo the least valuable <laughs> player. <Interesting>. <laughs> <laughs> simply because her decisions and choices put them in so much danger. You know, I'm not, true. Like, yeah. like I said, people making stupid choices simply to move the story along or, you know, like that bothers me. And I was like, you know, Kipo did some really stupid things. Not that she was wrong to, but when we're looking at, you know, behaviors and actions and who added the most and took away the most from the storyline? Kipo was on my list actually for a possible LVP, uh, but Jamak won due to his unsuccessful capture attempts and his <laughs> hilarity, um, and the fact that Kipo isn't intended to be the least valuable player. But she just kept getting herself into danger no, that she needed that. to get out of. Yeah, yeah, and she doesn't know how to take herself out of it yet. So, had it not been for all those other things, would she have even made it half a block? So.
0: I can understand that reasoning. For me, I think just seeing Kipo's um, love for the mute world and, like, seeing her embrace a new world that wasn't her own, I think, like, that kind of heart and compassion, that gave me a little bit of vibes, like, hmm, maybe that's MVP worthy, but, like, I quickly top, I quickly brought myself off of that, and I'm like, nah, it's really not, like, it's Wolf. And, I mean, honestly, we didn't really have a lot of choices this episode, anyways. Like the only other character is probably Mandu, but Mandu didn't really do enough good or bad. I think that it weren't. I
1: have... Mandu was actually um, the other character I was considering for um, MVP, okay. but it wasn't even really. It was just when I was trying to think of any other character besides right. Wolf. You know, like I was like, okay, who else besides them would I even consider? And Mandu was it, but that that's that's all. Um, uh, the bees, the bees, you know, uh, the Deathstep bees.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't, they don't think they a, really did anything. <laughs> Sorry. They didn't
1: do anything, Um, so I can't really, but they, you know, exactly. I had to think about them and consider them, but no, there was nothing.
0: <laughs> so um, right now at the end of episode one, we finished with Wolf with a plus two and Jamak with a minus two. And yeah. I do want to remind everyone too that once per season, Elizabeth and I can both give out a bonus Purple Jaguar award. And a bonus gilded frog award, which the bonus gilded frog award, that's given out once per season and gives negative three to one character. And the bonus purple jaguar award, that gives plus three to character and we can use those once per season each. So, um, you know, I'm not using mine today. I'm assuming you're not either, but
1: no, no.
0: I, I think we have a lot more to cover before we uh, get into these. So <laughs>
1: yes, yes, absolutely.
0: But, you know, I'll be curious to see uh, when we do use them. I mean, I don't really know what it's going to come from for me. Yet. It's going to be, you know, whatever I feel at the moment. And that's going to be the cool thing about those bonus awards. Is like, you know, we could have completely different criteria for using the bonus award. But, like, if you just feel like I really hated this character this episode, give him the, you know, bonus guild of Frog. Where if you, like, yep. really love this character, then give him bonus Gilder Frog. So.
1: Yes. I'm going to save mine for my arbitrary um anger and rage at something that has little bias or little basis um and just has to do with my biases. That's probably where I'll be using them where I'm like, I know this isn't based on anything rational, right. so I'm going to be applying my extras right now. That's how I think it's gonna work. But who no, knows? I don't know. We'll see how it goes.
0: <laughs> we will. But that brings us to segment five, our episode ratings and rankings. So obviously this episode once we don't have any rankings yet, but um this is gonna be out of ten. We can do uh point ratings by the tenth place if we want to. And my rating, it was kinda of a little bit difficult for me because it was a good premiere. It did uh show us a lot of stuff and it did give us a lot of information about the world and everything, but I think where it fell a tiny bit for me is just because the cliffhanger, I don't think it really like draws you to like really, really wanna watch the next episode like right away. Whereas I know some other episodes in Kipo they make you want to watch the next episode, like, instantly. And I feel like for this episode, for me, um, just my personal opinion, it didn't make me want to watch the next episode instantly. Like, I still wanted to watch it, but it didn't make me want to go, like, oh, i got to play the next one right now. So for me, just for that alone, I think I had to give it an 8.5, which is still pretty high, but um, I didn't think it warranted a 9 rating for me, or higher than that.
1: All right. I love it. Well, I actually, again, we're really close, but I did. (laughs) I'm going to go to my notes here. I gave it a 9 out of 10 post-apocalyptic water rides. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Um, And that was because I rated mine based on first episodes of series, of the animated stuff that I've been watching um, in the past seven months now. Um, And I felt like this opening episode was really good in the fact that when I watched it, you know, before you and I discussed it, I immediately was interested in the series and wanted to keep going. And I think that the way it presented the storyline, it gave us the colors, the characters, the music, and the quest, um, in those, that small period of time. And it didn't clutter it with too much, but gave us a lot. And then um, I actually liked the cliffhanger. I was like, oh, snap, cliffhanger. Um, uh, but you know, so for me, I'm giving it a nine out of ten. I think it is one of the best premiere season one, um, episode one episodes of these animated series that were that I've been watching. Um, so that's where I'm coming up with my number from.
0: No, that makes sense, and that's kind of interesting to me that you say that, because out of the shows that we're covering on this network, you know, we're covering Carmen Sandiego, we're covering Kipo, obviously, we're covering Hilda, and we're covering Glitch Techs. In my opinion, honestly, like, just thinking back to those four premieres, I actually think that um, both Glitch Techs and Hilda might be above this one in premiere for me, but I'd have to rewatch those premieres just to make sure, but... um, yeah. I think that kind of makes sense with my rating a little bit more because I think that, for me, Glitch Text Premier and Hilda Premiere, just to give a little spoiler alert for those episodes, um, I think they would both be above nines for me.
1: Okay, that's going to be fun. Um, I love the color and the artistry of um, Kipo so much. I, myself, am a... I hate using the word artist. It sounds so pretentious, but I draw, I paint, I, you know, I love colors right. and... Um I'm a huge fan of, you know, uh studios such as um uh Studio Ghibli um or the different um animation styles that use the old um pen styles, you know, and, and watercolor, but the the palette, the color palette that Kipo uses, um the drawings of the outside world, I can just close my eyes and envision it and be there. And that's Part of what um, really elevates Keep Up for me is the world itself that they're presenting, and then the story and everything. But you know, when you and I talked, all you know, just their color palette. I just I could say to I'm wearing purple today, just in honor of it, because I just I love it. Right. So um, no, I definitely I, agree.
0: Like, I, I love the colors of it.
1: Yeah, Glitch Tech and um, Hilda, they're both awesome, awesome premiere episodes, but. Neither of them shine in my mind the way uh the keyboard does. So that's where mine, uh, you know, really. And I think the artistry of it, the colors, the brightness, um, all of that leads to, you know, into more of my um uh, weighted rating.
0: No, I get that. I definitely understand where you're going there. I mean, yeah. if we're talking about the series as a whole, I think, like, this is my favorite series as a whole. Just, I think, for drop I dropped a little bit. yeah um i I do love this series though like this is the series that definitely spawned this whole network honestly because um we both love this series so much and you know we kind of uh went through a rigorous process to pick the other shows but you know this was always the show that we're gonna definitely have on the on the front yes
1: yes 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 no, so I think that's great. I love that our ratings are only off by 0.5 and yeah, yet we can hard. talk about for like eight minutes on the, <laughs> exactly. you know, the, um, rating, yes. the, the schism between the two. It's so funny. I love it. This is so great.
0: Which <laughs> speaking of those ratings, uh, we do need your help to get a third data point because we do need some audience ratings to kind of average that out. So we're going to take uh, Elizabeth's nine, my 8.5 and a third data point. Um, So Just as a placeholder for now, we're going to ask John, who is our uh, third member of the team for the animated experience, we're going to ask John to give a rating for the placeholder until we get some audience scores in there. So next episode, you will hear um, where the episode rating average was at after John gives his rating, but we would love you to um, email us, uh, contact us on Twitter, anything like that, just to um, give us your ratings and, you know, help us get a more... um, rounded data point because basically i'm going to count as a data point elizabeth will count as one and then the average of the items will count as the third data point
1: point. and derek with regards to those twitters and communication links are those things that we're going to have in our show notes
0: they are indeed so we will have those in the show notes so just um check out the show notes if you need to find those but you know speaking of that we are at segment six which is our show closings we're just going to have our announcements our twitter links and things like that here so if you want to get a hold of the podcast meaning this uh show specifically we're going to have a twitter link of at kipo xp which is a capital k and a capital x if you want to get a hold of the network the whole network's podcast or the whole network's twitter sorry it's at animated xp which is a capital a and a capital x if you would like to get a hold of me personally you can find me at Derek blaze or at Blaze Experience. And Elizabeth, how can people find you if they want to get a hold of you personally?
1: Um, on Twitter, I am at dot wacko, D-O-T-W-A-C-K-O from the Animaniacs. That is one of my original um shows that I stand and, you know, watched everything and got
0: stuff signed on and you know, <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense it you know, goes right along with our theme so I, I like it
1: <laughs> yes and I think anything that has um, it um for my twitter handles or any handle of mine that includes the word wacko is highly accurate
0: <laughs> well you know I, I think we had a pretty wacky episode so I, I, that makes yeah. sense it.
1: <laughs> no it's great well this has been so much fun Derek I can't wait for us to um get to the next episode and For us to continue on this Kipo journey. I
0: I can't wait. I mean, you know, this is a lot of fun for the first episode. And, um, you know, if you like this episode, definitely check out episode two. But don't be afraid to check out our other shows on the network, too. I mean, our other shows on the network are going to be the same format as this. But um, each show is going to have its different segment three. So, segment three of each show is going to be different and specific to each show. So, um, you'll have to tune in to find out what that segment is for the other shows.
1: All right. Excellent.
0: I, I appreciate our, you all, all
1: this. And shows I think we're covering, just to repeat, are going to be, um, it's Carmen Sandiego,
0: Correct.
1: Hilda, Keeper in the Age of the Wonder Beast, and Glitch Tax. It's very yeah. exciting.
0: It's going to be a I lot of fun. That. You're going to see um, myself and John as a pairing. You're going to see Elizabeth and John as a pairing. So you're going to get all the pairings. So yep. you'll have all the pairings um, at some point. So if you want to find out where those pairings are, I guess you'll have to listen. So.
1: All right.
0: But we will see you next time for episode two. Thank you, everyone, and have a great day.
1: Bye-bye.